Good evening, Patriots. And it is Sunday, August 7th in the year 2022. And of course, if you're on the East Coast, <laughs> you're already into Monday. Oof, that's got to hit hard. Sorry about that, but it's the truth. We won't we won't be there for a little while. Happily, that's West Coast is a good place to be sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. It's sometimes a good place. All right, so before we begin tonight, mystore.com forward slash Bart's. And what is that? That is the new MyPillow area. It's broken out to be American-made products. And if you head over to mystore.com forward slash Bard's, you're going to find all sorts of great products featured on the Bard's Nation landing page. Yep, we've got one of those over on MyPillow, and we have one of those on mystore.com. And right at the very top, you're going to find something called My Coffee. That's Mike's new high-adrenaline coffee for a high-adrenaline guy. He is high-adrenaline, too. And they have... Three types of, they have three and a half types of roast because I can't count the last one as a real roast, but here it goes. They've got a light roast, they've got a medium roast, they have a dark roast, and then they have this thing called decaf, which I don't think is legal, but they're selling it anyway. But that's okay. We'll let that be. For those of you that drink decaf, I don't even know that that is real. I'm telling you right now. But anyway, you can get whole bean or ground, and it comes in. 12-ounce bags or two-pound bags. Get the two-pound bags. It's a good deal. And you're going to get 25% off when you use your promo code. And what is your promo code? It's BARDS, B-A-R-T-S. So we've got, of course, our health coffee, but this is for daily drinking. This gets you going. This is the my coffee, like kick it in the tail in the afternoon when you're getting the sags. This is like just want to enjoy a great cup of coffee coffee. And it is great coffee. Light roast, medium roast, dark roast. I don't count decaf as a regular roast. It's I think it's lizard head stuff, but I can't take it away if you like it. I'm not going to do that to you. That's nice. But anyway, head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. No, not that. Well, you can do that too. Try try mystore.com forward slash bards. There it is, mystore, mystore.com forward slash bards. Check out the My Coffee there. You'll be happy. And you won't want to miss it. It's a great place. It's a great thing. Promo code's BARDS. And you can even call 800-659-9735. I think you can probably call the same 800 number we have. I've got to see. They don't have it on my page. I've got to see if they do. They should. They should have it on our page. It'd be like big, bold. We've got other good products there, too, so check it out. So anyway, mystore.com forward slash BARDS. And you check out my coffee and use your promo code BARDS. You'll be happy. How do they say that? You'll own nothing. You'll rent everything and you'll be happy. Not here. You will own your coffee. You will drink your coffee and you will be happy. There you go. All right. So, you know, we're going to start out with tonight. Man, I'm feeling good today. I like taking my Saturdays off. I don't mind telling you. Hey, I want to start out with a couple things here to begin with. Just It's some comments I, I was tracking over the weekend and it's worth me saying this. This, this channel is blessed by God. Let's just start there because we have an amazing outreach. And by the way, we are I'm going to mount it again tomorrow, but we do need to have a little bit of a, like a kind of celebration-ish sort of, little short one, because I don't think you realize that we currently have just hit 29 million downloads. 29 million. 
I was going to say something profound after that. And I didn't even know what it is. So anyway, we'll figure it out. But no, oh, I know what I was going to say is that this channel is blessed by God. But I think you, I think all of you know this, but I just wanted to throw this out because sometimes I say stuff on here and it once in a while people get a little dialed up about like, that's not what the scripture says. Look, I'm never going to talk blasphemy intentionally. <laughs> we all might say something that gets misinterpreted. But if you don't think that I am, and for those out here, they were, I always got somebody trying to crush me over the weekend. I'm like, whatever. This is a journey. And I, I have an open relationship in my conversation with God, and I bring a lot of that here. And, yes, this channel is absolutely God-blessed, and I'm blessed that God gives me a lot of insights to share. But part of this, too, is for in this discussion on this channel, which is here for us to share it together. And I think that's what is great because there's a lot of communication that goes on there and a lot of growing on all parts. So I, I just say that because I, I am not going to sit up here and go, Patriots, you shall do this or you shall be shot down with lightning. <clears throat> not going to happen. But you know very well that if I feel something's on my heart, I'm going to share it. And I'm going to challenge, I mean, part of my walk in Scripture, just so you know, is, is compared to this. And I think this is the easiest way to look at how I see Scripture and how other people see Scripture. And I'm not telling you one's right or wrong. But I do want to say it. If you've ever played an instrument, so let's say... Beethoven, and I'm thinking of one particular piece. There's a couple of, there's others. I like Mozart better, but we'll start with Beethoven because there's one particular piece I'm thinking of, which is Minuet in G, which I was my first piece on the piano I played for a public. It's kind of your uh, performance, okay? Minuet in G is a very precise it's a lot of staccato in it. it has a lot of very precise actions in it and it's not hard to play it takes practice but you can play the notes but if you're going to create the music you have to transcend the notes it's again what mozart creates in music like the magic flute if you've ever listened to that absolute masterpiece 
versus the mechanics of playing the notes. Andre Segovia versus someone who just plays, who just strings the guitar. And what I see in scripture is, what I pursue in scripture with Father is the music, not just the notes. And that's very personal to me, and I'm very happy to share it here, and it's, it's very exciting to me. Because many times when we arrive is a deeper appreciation for what the words say. So it's not just the words, it's the music and melody that the Father put within it all. And that's not tangible. That isn't just a letter set. There's deeper resonance and deeper meaning in all of that. And it is very much like a symphony to me. And I, the more that I study scripture, the more that I see the beautiful symphony the Father wrote from front to back. Not because one book and other book, it's all one big symphony. And it's a beautiful symphony. And it's, it's a, like a symphony and an opera all put together. And that's how I see scripture. So that means at times that I'm going to see and talk about things that not everybody agrees with, and that's okay. That's part of being part of a great community that we can discuss things. And it's also a place where in this discussion, I am going to push the limits on certain things. And I, I do that regularly in my own prayers when I talk to Jesus and I have my conversations with Father. I do push these limits, and I push the limits through historical research, and I, as you know very well, I mean, I, I read some of the garbage and stupidity of, <laughs> it is too, of the, of our uh, alien lovers and also our Luciferians. But the point is that when you start to listen to what they're saying, it's really important because it's then how they're looking at scripture, which usually too often it's inverted. I, I mean, there's a lot of things like that, but Nonetheless, it's a richness because it's about understanding. By the way, did you know that at Circle, I think this is what it's called, um, Circle Rock? I don't know if that's the right term. I'd have to look again, and I, I think I misquoted that, but it's Navajo Nation. So here, here's what was crazy. And again, we don't pay enough attention to what's going on in First Nation stuff. I'm just going to be blunt. But in Navajo Nation, and I'm, as I'm talking, I'm scrolling back to see where I posted this so I can find the name of their, it's, it's at, um, here it is right here. I've got to find out where it was at because it's, it's in Arizona. That should make our mod bear very happy. Um, but what's amazing about this is they had 87 tribes represented at the capital of the Navajo Nation, which is in eastern Arizona. And the it was an entire revival and a gospel of Jesus Christ was preached, was preached there. Plus, they brought in one of their vision cast people of the, of the First Nations. 83 tribes. They had people from Hawaii coming in. It was awesome. That's power. We need to pay attention to that because I've been saying for some time, I mean, Father literally put it on my heart, like we need to heal First Nations with Last Nations. We're Last Nations. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And I think there's a lot of potential there to do some amazing healing and bringing together. And I'm really excited about it. And I, I will be honest, I'm going to, I've got an upcoming trip and I may try to, meet some people at the Navajo Nation. I'm going to see about that. 
put your prayers up on that one because I really would like to have a sit down with them. That'd be pretty cool. All right. Here's what we're going to do right now. There was an outstanding speech. Just when I said that there weren't any politicians that were proclaiming Christ in life, um, in our, in our body politic, well, guess what? God delivered. This is so awesome. Lieutenant Governor of South Carolina lit it up at CPAC. And this is fire. I, I'm, like, I'm like, make this guy president. Seriously. I'm, I'm really loving this. So I'm going to play his 11-minute talk from CPAC. I think it needs to be heard. And then we'll talk about some other things on the way out. This was literally where we need a good direction and where we need to go. Let's put it like that. Floor of this hotel last night and looked out over the skyline of Dallas, Texas. I am a poor kid from Greensboro, North Carolina, an alcoholic father uh, my, who died when I was 12 years old. My mother made me the man that I am. Every strike that the left says I have, I had against me. Poor, black, uh, a widowed mom living on the wrong side of the tracks. But that poor black kid from the wrong side of the tracks was sitting on the 27th floor of this hotel overlooking the Dallas skyline as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. America is still the greatest nation on earth. And I don't care what these communists say. I don't care what these socialists say. I don't care what these blue haired freaks say with a tackle box in their face at the college campus. This is the greatest nation on earth, and it's all because of God. He's the one that made it possible. So we give him thanks first and foremost. So now let me get into what I got to tell you. July 2nd, 1863, a town called Gettysburg, a place called Little Round Top. It was undefended, and the Union Army realized that if the Confederates took that high ground, they could win that battle. They sent troops to defend that, uh, that place. And among those troops was a man named Joshua Chamberlain from Maine. Joshua Chamberlain was with the 20th Maine. And the 20th Maine became the far left flank of the Union position and was told, hold this position at all costs because as you go, so goes the battle. Chamberlain's unit, the 20th, was attacked by the Confederates several times, and they repulsed every attack. But they found themselves without ammunition. They found themselves in desperate straits. And Chamberlain knew that if he did not win that battle on that hill, that, the possibly, that possibly the entire battle would be lost. So he talked to his men, and he implored his men, and he steeled their spines, and he told them to attach their metal bayonets to their wooden rifles. And they lined up and they swung down that hill in the fashion of a picket fence, and they swept those Confederates off of that hill, came back up on the hill, reform, reformed, and won the day. Chamberlain went on to become known as the Lion of Little Round Top and received the Medal of Honor for his actions on that day. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because the world now is Gettysburg. And America is little round top. And you, you are the soldiers that stand on that hill in this defense. 
I want you to notice what I said. I did not say Congress was the soldier standing on the hill. The Senate is not the, the, the soldier standing on the hill. The city council is not the soldiers standing on the hill. You are the soldiers standing on the hill in defense of this nation. You are. It is up to you to hold this line. Because we're standing on this hill now, and what do we see? We look down that hill, and who do we see charging up? We, saw, we see a whole horde being led by Jim Crow Joe, Nasty Nancy, and Chump, Sh Chump Schumer. They're coming up the hill followed by a whole raft of socialist nitwits who believe that a baby in the womb is a clump of cells and do not honor life in the womb. They believe that you should not have a firearm to protect yourself, but that you should pay for them to have firearms to protect them. They don't believe that your children should be educated. They believe that they should be indoctrinated. They're dragging up that hill all types of things. CRT, transgenderism, this idea of birthing people. Who in the world came up with that garbage? They're dragging up this socialist idea that criminals should not be punished, that they should be allowed to run rampant, that our borders should be wide open, that our police should be demonized, that our veterans should be dishonored. And they're also pushing this agenda to tell you that unless you go get a shot, you cannot keep your job or open your business or go to church. You see those folks that are coming up that hill. There's a word for them. They're called socialists. They're called communists. I just prefer to call them idiots. So now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Why do I talk about Joshua Chamberlain in the 20th Maine? I talk about Joshua Chamberlain in the 20th Maine because that is who we come from. We do not come from a weak, ineffective, jellyback people that when trouble happens, we find a safe space and try to find a counselor to talk about it. Americans stand up and fight for what they believe in and will put their lives on the line for what they believe in. They will put their money where their mouth is. And when the times get tough, you had best believe that Americans get going, just like they did on Little Round Top. They don't lay down. They don't back up. They don't quit. They stand up with everything in them, and they push forward. You see, we got a lot of things we got to fix in this nation. We got a president right now that can barely string together two sentences. Somebody told me uh, the other day, I saw Joe Biden on TV, and I don't think he was blinking. I told him I think his servos were probably broken on the remote control. You see what happens when you replace a line. Well, I would say a lamb, but that's an insult to lambs. I'm not really sure what our current president is. I'm not really sure if he realizes what he is. But I know this. In November, 
We have got to stand on that hill and we have got to declare to America that conservative principles win the day and conservative principles work. So we've got to get out. We've got to fight. We've got to talk to our friends and neighbors. Can't be the silent majority anymore. Silence never did anything in this nation. Imagine if the founders had been silent. Imagine if the abolitionists had been silent. Imagine if all the folks who came before you that made today possible had been silent and refused to stand up and fight. It's time to talk to our neighbors. It's time to talk to our friends. It's time to tell our families the good story about what conservatism does. It's time to remind them of the good days under President Donald Trump. You know, President Donald Trump, the one that CNN and ABC and the rest of all these lying news agencies, don't get me started. I ain't got but three minutes. I can go three days talking about how pitiful the news media is. So let me say this to the news media. I'm going to tell you this once, and I've already told you before. I'm not scared of the news media. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, last time I shook in my shoes was the last time uh, my mom or daddy took their belt off uh, for me. And that was a long time ago. There's only one that can take their belt off on me, and he sits high and he looks low. And he is the ruler of this world, and it is not ABC, CBS, or NBC. Those agencies don't have the answers because they don't even know what the question is. So I don't fear them. If anything, I stand firm. And when they get mad, I know I'm doing it right. We got to stand up, we got to stand tall, and we got to stand firm. Because now is not the time for what was called long ago cowards and shirkers. See, the cowards and shirkers got no place right now. Unfortunately, uh, in Washington, D.C., we got a lot of cowards. And shirkers. But guess who can get rid of those cowards and shirkers? The men on that hill. And who is the men on that hill? It is you. <laughs> Folks, I didn't come here today to encourage my colleagues. They don't need any encouragement. I came here today to encourage you to stand up and be the king and queens that you need to be, to study your Bible, read your Constitution, and carry those truths into the political arena so that we can save this nation from the socialist horde that is trying to drag it down into the pit of hell. It is going to be up to you. You must be the leader. You must be the ones to save this nation. You think about it. When this country was in peril during the revolution, who saved it? It was the soldiers on the field, the ordinary men and women. When it was in peril during the Civil War, who saved it? The ordinary men and women. When it was in peril during World War I and World War II and all of our other calamities, who saved it? It was the ordinary American who stood up and did extraordinary things. It is time for you to stand up and do extraordinary things. And so I say to you standing on this stage right now, read your Bible Believe in God. Read your constitution. Hold them dear to your hearts. Place the sword of truth 
on top of that bayonet of courage or the bayonet of truth, excuse me, on top of that rifle of knowledge, steal your spines and get ready to charge down that hill and let's sweep this socialist horde off of this blessed land we call the shining city on the hill, the United States of America. God bless you all. God bless Texas. God bless North Carolina. And God bless the great state of North Carolina. Patriots, that is Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson from North Carolina. And God has shown us now that there is actually somebody in our body politic that gets it. And I am so happy to hear those words. He is speaking truth. And he is on fire. And everything he said there is right on point. It is God. It is Declaration of Independence. I'd add that one. Constitution. And we have got to make the stand if we're going to win this thing. We've been a hard fight. We've seen a lot of things. And the one thing, as I kept saying this last week, is we just didn't see any candidates stand up there on the, on the platform where they won and say, thank you, God. Now, there's, that's kind of a two-way street there. And we can either walk away from them or we can pray for them and hold them accountable to being what they need to be. The problem we have is a lot of candidates really are detached from God. Obviously, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson is not. And he's proud of it, and he has the strength of it, and you can hear that strength in his relationship with Jesus. And when we look across our body politic, unfortunately, for many, and I'm sure it starts in the campaign, there's a part of many of these people who have ever had an intimate relationship with Jesus. And then the next step is some buddy, to use Mark Robinson's term, nitwit, and a campaign staff is most likely going to give them advice on the things they need to say and don't say so they don't offend one group, but they can bring another group in. So you're going to get a milk toast version of any sort of references to faith. And that's a very dangerous thing to be doing in a spiritual war where God is on the move. We need to change that. And it isn't about whether we vote for them or not. It's about letting them know to begin with what we expect. And we expect them to be walking with God and trusting in God and putting God first on all things. Mark Robinson began that talk right there, right at the right place. He recognized who was on the throne above all. And then he began his talk. And he ended with a reminder of who's on the throne. And he moved, moved it in through his entire speech. That should be a benchmark. Now let me talk a little bit now about our president. Not the hand puppet, Joe Biden, that socialist whore that's up there in the White House. I want to talk about Donald J. Trump. And there's a lot of issues that are here now that we have to look at. But I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to 2015 and 2016. And I want to go back, and I want you to think back to that time of the feelings that we all had when he came to power. 
when he was rising up the ranks. We enjoyed it. We had hope. We had a lot of power within us. We felt like there was an opportunity to take this nation back. No man is perfect, and God doesn't put perfect people in power. If you have any questions about that, read about Paul. Paul the Apostle. But here's where I see the biggest problem happened. As a nation, testimony to the nation, we sat back and we said, President Trump, you're going to fix it for us. And we waited. And then we started drawing stories that he was anointed, which in a certain way one could argue that he was, and I could make that argument by one simple thing. The number of the size of the crowds that President Trump has drawn don't happen by accident, and they don't happen with just by good marketing. If you've ever been involved with rallies or building audiences, you know when you have control and you know when God is doing the action. Take this podcast. 60 or 70,000 followers two years ago, actually less than that, because on Podbean two years ago, this following was much lower than that. It was probably more like 10,000. 10,000 downloads. Two years later, we're at 29 million downloads. I haven't done advertising for this. We've just done the same thing three times a day, five days a week, and on the weekends. That's God moving things. And when you start to see that sort of power, it's a tremendous power that God provides to bring people together. That's the sort of energy that's been pushing through President Trump because these crowds don't just happen. But the problem is that we have been a nation that has not prayed for him. We haven't gone to God to pray for him. We haven't gone to God to pray that he will truly seek that intimate relationship with Christ. And to be honest with you, I don't think President Trump has ever had it. I'm not faulting. I'm simply saying. This is a man that knows power. He knows business deals. And from my understanding, his spiritual counsel that's around him is very functional like that as well. They're not good counsels. They're not counsels that will stand to President Trump and say, you need to do this, sir and risk their position of being there to tell him the truth. That's a lot of his counsel in general, and I would argue from what I understand, a lot of his spiritual counsel. But God doesn't just wait for a spiritual counsel or just put a leader in, in the top and just go, okay, you've got it. You all sit on the side now. I've put the guy in I want. No, that requires us as a people to pray to God for our leadership, not for what we want, but for what we know is best for the nation. Now I want to give you a scenario, and I want you to think about the impact. You just heard an amazing speech by the lieutenant governor of South Carolina. And the thing about this is that that's the type of speech we'd all like to hear from a presidency in one fashion or another. I want you to just imagine for a moment what would happen if President Trump 
took a knee to pray with the nation, to pray for mercy for a nation, to pray for forgiveness of the nation, and to pray for the forgiveness of his own sins. Now, I will guarantee you there's going to be a slew of advisors that are going to tell him, you can't do that, Mr. President. You can't do that as a leader of the first world. And right there is the problem. But it's the problem if they control his ear. But we need to control his heart. When I mean that, we have to influence his heart through God. Now, if you imagine how this would change things, and I just want to walk you through this. Patriots, here's what I know. I'm not, I'm not going to get involved with what President Trump did or didn't do, if he's part of a secret society, not part of a secret society. That's not what this discussion is about. So I want to clear that one right there. I'm talking about the relationship that we have with Father and the power that we have through prayer with Father to move a man's heart for a nation, not for you and I, but for a nation. Nations shall be judged. We're in the valley of decision. These are things we have to make a decision on. And if you can imagine that a president with the power of the United States in the situation that he's in right now, dealing with an insurgency in the White House, could you imagine, just let yourself imagine better, a president, Donald J. Trump, taking a knee at a rally and asking America to pray with him, to pray for repentance, to pray for mercy on this nation, and to confess his heart to Christ. There would never be a president that could step on that podium again, in that office again, that would not have to follow suit for the time that we foreseeable future. It would be the equivalent of dropping a thermal nuclear explosion at the core of the earth, it would shake it so much. I am not kidding. I don't, that's not because he's some sort of whatever with God. It's because whatever God's given him, he has been given the ability to literally change the world with a one word and a tweet. Could you imagine the power of change that he could give with a prayer of repentance, mercy, and confession to Christ. When I look at the battle the way we are right now, and I look at all the craziness of the stuff that's going on and all the energies that we give, I look at the rallies that come together with 40, 60, 80,000 people with President Trump. And it's those rallies irritate me anymore, not because of President Trump, but because of the patriots that are there to get filled for themselves. They're not there to pray for the president. As a nation, we're still not doing it. We're not taking time to pray for the president. There's still so much as a nation sitting back and waiting for him to fix us. That's not the way things work. And scripturally, there's no basis for that. Other than, I guess, if you're reading the inverted version of the Bible, which Satan would be using. This is a very important consideration and it is an essential point that we have to look at because we aren't 
there's still so much idolizing of President Trump. We're not talking about idolizing. We're talking about praying through Father to him. We're asking, we're praying to Jesus to say, Jesus, we want to see our president, President Donald J. Trump, confess his heart to you and to lead this nation in prayer for repentance and mercy. I don't see any downside there. And I see something even greater. And I say this because I I obviously say these things because I hope someone in the Trump campaign is listening. And I hope somebody in the Trump organization is listening and will listen with your true heart and have the courage to do what's right. To tell the president what he needs to do. We're sitting on the edge of a very disastrous time. This vaccine shot thing, it's not going away. It's a freight train that has left the station and it's going to destroy lives and parties when it's done. I don't know where President Trump sits in that or not other than I don't know that there's maliciousness. I think there was a lot of manipulation around him and I think there was some very hard decisions to make. We'll get to that some point. But I do know this about this nation. I know this about people that follow Christ. If someone comes to us and explains through their confession of what they did and seeks forgiveness through Christ, it will be given. We're talking the difference between legacy and a distant memory. And right now, what we need is leadership that becomes legacy. Not legacy for ego, but legacy through God. In a sense, legend through God. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson is on the edge of becoming legend in this time. As a man in politics that has the courage to tell them all to step away and has shown again, even as a, a man, a black man, be able to just say, we're here together as one. He didn't call any race out. He didn't do anything like that. He just spoke truth from the heart as a disciple and a child of God. So we need to pray for President Trump, not pray for his goodwill He's got that. Not pray that he's going to get back in power. That will or won't be. That'll be God's hand. We need a. We need somebody who now, right now, in the position he's in, to bring this nation, to humble themselves before Father, to pray for this nation in mercy, and to accept Christ in His heart, and watch the transformation begin. And so tonight, we're going to close with a prayer for that. Because I don't think there's any one act that can happen that could change the world more suddenly than that one right there. And the only question I have before you start this, we start this prayer tonight is to ask yourself this question. Do you trust in Father and do you believe? 
It's easy for us to believe in miracles of a personal kind. But do you believe in your heart of hearts that this transformation can happen? I do. And so I'm going to ask you, if you are going to join in this prayer, to trust and to believe. Father, we come to you tonight with a very big request. And I guess we begin with a confession, Father, because so much of what we have done as a nation is taken. We've voted in a man through all this turmoil, President Donald J. Trump, not once but twice. Obviously, the second time in office was stolen. But we've put our votes to the person we look to to change the nation. And sadly, in the midst of this, we looked to him as an idol and not as a man that needed prayers to propel him forward and to keep him on the right path. I don't know the details of his counsel that's around him, but I think we can all surmise that most of that counsel is more interested in the games of politics and power and pleasing President Trump than speaking truth and giving him guidance to step into that place of the spiritual part of his life and the acceptance of Christ and the power that that brings. Father, we are a nation by and for the people, we the people, not a nation that's of a president and of a council. So tonight we proclaim that power back in this nation, in this republic, as we the people, your children, this remnant, as we humble ourselves before you and we pray that President Trump can be guided to accept Christ, not privately but publicly, to put the full power of Christ within his heart, to take the place that would be the greatest strength and courage of a lion to take a position in front of this nation, to bend a knee before you humbly, Father, to lead the nation in prayer, to seek repentance for the sins that we have committed as a nation, to seek mercy before you, Father, for the sins committed as a nation and to embrace the love and rebirth through Christ Jesus as testimony before the nation. Father, this is a man with enormous power, influence, and quite frankly, a pretty sizable ego. But we know how you have changed leaders of the past. And we know the power that this would bring to unite a world. It would literally shake the world. So, Father, please hear our prayers. We don't say this lightly. We say this with a boldness and a courage to come before you and pray for President Trump. This is an act of courage, of healing, of leadership that we need, not just here, but around the world. And it is the one act, the mightiest act of all, that would destabilize the enemy and literally crush their will. Father, we ask for this blessing 
We ask for the ability for that place to reach that you only where only you can reach. We're reminded of two important issues here as we speak so often in our prayers. Luke 10.19, Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. So tonight we're proclaiming that power to crush the enemy, to crush those around him that influence him poorly, and to open that door so that Christ may enter his heart. These are doors only you can open, Father, and we pray that they shall be opened. And we are reminded in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Let us pray for this greater works. To have a president with the influence that he has, not just here but around the world, repent with the nation, pray for mercy for the nation, and to accept Jesus as testimony before the nation. Hear our prayers, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We are spiritual warriors on so many levels, and we have to fight like it with ferocity. And I truly believe this is possible. And I'm going to tell you what, I've talked to some other people and they believe it's possible too. Influential people. This is a time. And patriots, this is a message we have to continue to share to get others to join in. This is the equivalent of a thermal nuclear war without ever having to fire a shot. This is the equivalent of the flood in this point in time and how it would disrupt and destroy the enemy. And all it would take would be a change of heart. And the glorious thing about all that is we know Jesus can do that and we know the power of Father can do all of that. We just have to believe and trust. And when we commit that way, we literally can move a mountain from here to there. Just the faith of a mustard seed. Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed rest of the evening. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And this is an amazing time to focus our prayers on great things like praying for the change of heart of a president. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So let's act like it. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I 
Thank、you 